I'm your host, Rena Friedman-Watts, and this is the Better Call Daddy Show. Hey, this is Big Daddy, Wayne Friedman. That's my grandpa. Grandpa, you ready for more daddy drama? My dad is my number one hero and number one fan. And I'm a pretty cool dude. All right, season four, baby, here we go. More stories you're not going to believe. And maybe you will after you listen. Five stars. Five and a half stars, two thumbs up. You are a pretty cool dude. Love you, mommy. Don't stand on the table and damn the public. You'll get some words of wisdom to live by. Here we go again. Better call daddy. You know what your problem is? You like me. Yeah, I do. Each week, I interview a guest, share the stories with my dad, and then he weighs in at the end of every episode with his wisdom and wit. Hey, Grandpa. Everyone from influential players to inspirational fathers, and of course, controversial people. Grandpa, my mom is calling. Creating that legacy one call at a time. And welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. Stay tuned. Where's the music? Better call daddy cause he knows your best. Better call daddy cause he's bringing the test. He sees possibilities. Better call daddy, he'll be by your side. Better call daddy, you're the apple of his eye. Today, me and my dad are going to talk about the birds and the bees, i.e. sex, for the first time on the Better Call Daddy show because I interviewed the interior designer of how to build a sex room. Do we really need a room? Let's find out. Melanie Rose, welcome to the Better Call Daddy show. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm not too bad at all. How are you doing? I am so excited for this conversation. Oh my goodness, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it as well. Yay, I even asked my audience for some questions, which is always fun. Oh my God, okay, got it. Okay, so it's going to be in for a surprise. Yep, got it. Yes, I've got a little bag of tricks like you do. Oh yes, my Mary Poppins bag. So should we start with a couple from the audience? Would that be fun? Oh yes, absolutely. Please go ahead. Okay. How can you distinguish between quality products and cheap products for the bedroom? That goes by touch and feel and also by price line. Mm. That's what I've gathered over the years of buying toys and also products and things like that. Yes. You learn how to choose the good ones over the bad ones. Let's put it that way. Yeah. When did you start buying toys? I bought my first vibrator when I was very young. And back then it was almost like this just cylindrical, look like a bullet type thing. You know, you put a battery in the back and you turned it round and and off it buzzed. It was hysterical. Oh, yes. I know the one you're talking about. (laughs) I mean, it's so interesting to see how far adult toys have come since my generation. And here we are today. Yes. Okay. I actually would like to talk about that evolution. And did you talk to your parents about sex? No. Again, it's a generational thing. So I was brought up with my biology teacher would talk about sex. And it was very matter of fact, draw the cross section of a penis. Some people weren't very good at drawing. So you can imagine the laughs and giggles she had, disproportionate sizes and so forth. I'm an artist myself, so I was okay. But no, it was very matter of fact, you know, penis goes into the vagina, there we go. It was all about procreation, but it wasn't anything about pleasure. And I remember my parents bought me this book, which was like, here, darling, it's Jack and Jill. 
And then it would talk about sex and that was it. But not the pleasures of sex. That was never discussed. When did you start learning about pleasure? Well, really, I suppose when you start experimenting with yourself, every child does it. I feel like it's such a hard conversation. I mean, I have four children now and one is my oldest is 15 and he certainly doesn't want to talk to me about any of that. Yeah, I think it is probably a very difficult thing to talk about for any parent. I don't have children. I only have four-legged friends. So (laughs) it's never been a conversation where I've had to talk to a child about it. My job is to talk to adults because I design sex rooms. So I need to know their intimacies and so forth and so on. So gosh, I don't know what the kids today are talking about at all. But I think they're probably a little bit more au fait than, say, I was at a young age. What's crazy is I still haven't really talked to my parents about sex. I think at a certain point when you get older, that conversation may come up when you're doing it and they're doing it and you have kids, you know what I mean? But I found coconut oil where my parents were staying and I thought it was for cooking. I was like, what is this doing here? You know? oh, that's terribly funny. Yes. Oh, lovely lubricant, darling. Yes. But you can use it for food as well. <laughs> Yeah, I totally was like, is this for cooking? It was so embarrassing. I think it is as a child to find your parents knowing that they're having sex. I think that's a bit weird. And it certainly was on the show. And people made comments about it when I was with Shanika and Matt, for instance, and their three children. And the kids all piled into the bed and so forth. And here I was discussing with the parents what their sex life was like or how it was really non-existent. But I think they didn't bother them whatsoever. I very much connected to many of the couples on the show where my house is cluttered and there's kid toys in every room. Like I said, I'm a mom of four. And when one of the couples said that you helped fix their marriage, I mean, my God, I felt like crying there. It is such a key element of the relationship that definitely gets lost when kids come into the mix. Oh, absolutely. It's one of the things that, along with Shanika and Matt, it was like, you have to make time for yourself. You know, you have time with your kiddos and that's all great and wonderful. They they are part of you. But then you still need to keep that spark and that relationship alive. So what I also put on their door was a biometric thumbprint lock. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And the kids are like, huh? And it was like, yeah, mommy and daddy need alone time. And you really do need to put aside that time to rekindle that passion, to talk about things as adults, as partnerships and things like that. I did think it was so interesting that just little affordable things like new sheets and throw pillows and pictures of the two of you guys together in a sexy photo could spice things up. Can you talk about other major be hot trends that are affordable? Oh, yes, absolutely. If you're going to be doing up your bedroom and you want to spice things up a little bit, you know, there's a variety of ways you can do that. You could perhaps repaint your bedroom, make a focus wall that's a different color. Do change out your bed sheet. Do invest in throw pillows. Get a pair of under bed restraints that will slip underneath your mattress. Keep your toys nearby. I think all those sorts of layering techniques really help. Sense around the room. You want to touch on the five senses that we have and even beautiful candles. We don't have to use live candles. We can certainly use ones that are battery operated so you could change the mood. You're creating a setting. You're creating sensuality in that room for that special moment. 
I love that. What motivates you? Because I'm passionate about what I do. I want to be able to help people in sort of like an unexpected way. But I think through designing sex rooms and getting to know people, and I'm fortunate enough that they will tell me what's going on. And through the design, hopefully I can reconnect them. Yeah, I love too that you yourself are an artist. Yes. Talk to me about when you discovered you were an artist. I've always painted when I was at school. So my medium is watercolor and acrylics. A couple of these pieces behind me here, these are all made of ribbon. Those, That's my work. Beautiful. Um, and I love entertaining. I love cooking. So when people come to my house, expect that a table is adorned with beautiful things and being creative about it. That's so cool. Do you feel like a sex room can be a work of art? Oh, absolutely. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can be any fantasy that you would like it that comes to mind. I do explain to couples, perhaps you walk into that room and pretend you're somebody else. Role play it. Go and get dressed somewhere else. Come back as a different character. Step into your bedroom and role play. Yeah. So somebody who's never done that before or feels uncomfortable admitting that they want to do that, how do you handle that? Oh, I would actually just watch my show (laughs) and make notes. I mean, seriously, it's all there. Just make some notes. It was like Megan and Dave when he proposed to her, but suffering with alopecia, she would go through a variety of wigs. But in that role-playing aspect, she could be somebody else entirely, which actually strips away your inhibitions. I loved that. I actually have a wig on right now. I thought that that was so cool that she switched from the blonde to the brunette and it kind of like changed her personality. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely right. You can wear masks and there's a whole plethora of things that you can do to change up your character. You don't have to go into background. You don't have to make up a story of the background and the history and so forth of the character just to have fun with it. Just be in the moment and have some fun. Now that you do this kind of work, like when you go out in public, are you thinking about the people around you like that person could have a sex room or... You know, it's funny. No, normally when I go to people's houses, I go, oh, my God, I'd get rid of that. I suppose maybe sometimes I do. Yeah. Like when I was watching the show, my husband's like, I could literally work next to someone and like literally not know that they have this. I know, which is why I suppose in essence, it's sad because people are so judgmental. All of my clients that I work with are all NDAs because they're either in the public eye or they are CEOs of big companies. And you just know that if anybody thought that they would have a sex room, they would be seen in a different light. Have you ever felt judged? No, actually, I haven't felt judged because I'm going to swear here, but if you're going to say something bad, fuck off. I don't want to hear it. I enjoy what I do and I enjoy helping people. I love that. If you've never had a donut before, don't knock it until you've tried it. Good for you. And I will say to be on a reality show, you have to have that kind of confidence, don't you think? Yes, but I think I was born with confidence. (laughs) I think that's part of my nature. And, you know, I'm a Leo, so I'm very outgoing. And I'm not going to say I'm not likable. That's such a stupid thing to say. But I like entertaining people. I love helping people. And that's That's just awesome. I'm a Leo and I rule. Did your parents influence the path that you took? I think in some way, my parents did influence the path I took. My dad had his own business, but he was also a very good carpenter. My mother was a couture dressmaker. So I've got creatives from different angles. So with furniture, making furniture, I play with wood sometimes and make my own furniture if I can. And then I'll design stuff and make clothes and things like that. So I'm very adaptable, but I got that from my parents. So that's where my creative streak lies. Yeah. 
Uh, to me, it sounds like you're definitely a combination of the two of them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Were you a daddy's girl at all? Very much so. I think really, if you think about it, what girl isn't a daddy's girl? Yeah. I think it's that protectiveness. And yeah, I would say that I was daddy's girl. Oh, that's so sweet. Did he tell you things when you were little about living your dreams or protecting you? Like what stayed with you about him? You know, being protective and always there for me. And that was great for me growing up. That's so special. I feel like this is going to be such an interesting conversation with my dad because like I haven't really talked to him about sex. Like, do you feel like that would be uncomfortable for you to talk to your parents about that? Like, I wonder what my dad is going to think about the fact that you design sex rooms. That'll be an interesting conversation. It's a path I've chosen. It's a path that has led me to here. I think my parents would be looking down on me and just saying good for you, Melanie, and congratulations and be very proud. That's so great. So whatever your interests were, they were supportive of that. Very much so, yes. Yeah. That's a big blessing. That is a big blessing in this day and age. Well, a lot not this day and age. Me anywhere. And I think maybe sometimes parents aren't as supportive. I'm not a parent, but I've watched my friends as parents hoping their child becomes somebody like them. And it doesn't always turn out that way. Right. Like, did they put you in activities that they hoped you would take on because they were interested in those things? No, I did them because I really enjoyed them. That is something that I really aim to do with my own children. Yeah. I was allowed to do whatever I wanted to do. But then, you know, I did start working when I was 13. So what did you do then? I was an actress in England. I was in West. I played in West End musicals. Oh, my gosh. So you have been ready for the screen since a very young age. Yes, very much so. Yes. Yes. What did you think having a show was going to be like versus what it actually was? I didn't actually look too hard into it. I was too busy trying to get the designs down on paper because I had to have 12 designs done in a very short period of time. So I was like, okay, focus, focus, focus. And then when I got on set or when we first met in Denver, Colorado, it was like, this person does this, that's fine. And you've got a camera here, camera there. This camera's always going to be on you. Just don't walk between two cameras. And I just did what I normally do. So everything you see on camera is not a forced portrayal of, oh, Melanie, can you say something funny? As who I am. Sometimes I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth, but I'm there for the client. My whole focus is just there for the client. And I don't see anybody else around me. So you sound like you were comfortable in front of the camera, but sometimes the other parties might not be as comfortable as you. So how are you able to like make them comfortable or like break the ice? Was there any warming up to it? No, no, no. I'd actually never met the couples. I only met the couples when uh, I was introduced to them on camera. And then they were like, oh, my God, she's English. Oh, you're the Mary Poppins of sex rooms. How do you feel about that title? Oh, I love it. Of course I do. Are you kidding me? I grew up on Mary Poppins, but I'm not going to dose you with a spoonful of sugar. I'm going to dose you with a spoonful of reality and adult toys going on and stuff that can go into your rooms that can make it more sensual and seductive. Do you think every couple should have toys? I don't see any reason why not. I think probably I would say about 80% of people probably have toys. Really? It's very high. I did some research on this in the US and it's really pretty high. I'm actually shocked by that number. Yeah, I think it's really up there. It's quite up there. Interesting. Yeah. And they don't necessarily admit to it. But why shouldn't you have an adult toy? We've got these beautiful bodies. And why not pleasure yourself by using other devices that you and your partner can play with and pleasure each other? I'm a great fan of them. It could be upbringing. I go back to the show and look at Hannah and Wesley. Wesley was brought up on abstinence tapes. I mean, for God's sakes, are you kidding me? 
Yes, I think that probably actually a lot of people can relate to that where they've been told that sex is bad. Right. Sex is only there for you to have a child. That's it. But then when you see the acts of sex in with pleasure on television, then you begin to think, well, it's not just for procreation, is it? It's not. It's for pleasure. Honestly, I liked a lot of your different ideas that I had never seen. And I was interested in every episode and what it presented and things that I would not have thought of. I'm like, that's a good accessory. Right. Yeah. That's what I think makes a show. And it's not your ordinary sort of like HGTV DIY show or interior design show. My work and what I do and my design work is specifically tailored to each client. And so it's going to be a little bit more maybe lavish or a little bit more out there because that's what the client wants so that they can move forward, create a new chapter in their lives with their new sex room. What's the weirdest or the coolest idea that has come your way? It all comes from my brain. So yes, I'm the creative one behind it. I often say to architects, oh, I've thought about this. Can we do this? I'd like this to happen. I'd like that to come up here. You know, I'd like to see mirrors come out, find their way here. And they're like, okay, we'll work on that. So I have a great group of people and architects that I work with that are working for the client. So it's a collaboration of those creative people as well. So the people that you help don't say, hey, can you give me a cage or hey, can you give me a special kind of chair? If it's specific for what they want. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give them what they want. Yeah. Then I have to create that environment that chair is going to live in. Interesting. Interesting. And what, you know, what do they want it? Do you want it to be a dungeon? But do you want it to be a dungeon with a little bit of luxury in there? You know, it's all those little types of things that I, I take note on. And my job as a designer is to listen to my clients and then pull out from them what their sexual fantasies are so that I can implement that and I can privately shop for them. I'll tell you, I really like just that little moment of putting the blindfold on the couple and then you making them say things to each other. Oh, dirty talking. Yes, yes. Dirty talk. Yeah. I mean, that is a simple, inexpensive way to enhance your relationship, I feel like. Oh, yes. Also, you could read an erotic novel together out loud. You want to step over and push your boundaries a little bit. That's interesting. How many times have you taken time to do that? Right. But you need to make that time. I often suggest to my clients that they should put aside a date night. So how old are your children? My oldest is 15 and my youngest is four. Okay. So you and your husband set aside a date night, kids out of the house, stay with grandma, grandpas, but you start that date night off in the kitchen. And you start creating aphrodisiac food for each other and teasing each other as you go along to lay a beautiful table, something that's a little bit different. You know, flick through magazines for ideas, get candles, maybe the odd flogger on the table. And it's a forthcoming of what's going to happen for dessert. And then you can carry that evening up through into the bedroom. Yeah, that is amazing. I don't think I had ever seen a flogger. I don't know how common those are, but I was like, that's kind of fun. And it seemed like... There's different variations of that. Yes, there are lots of different variations of vloggers. And really, I think you should do your research before you go and invest in that. But more importantly, you need consent. It needs to be a consensual thing between you and your partner. I have to say, I watched the first episode with my husband and it definitely made him uncomfortable. And I watched the rest of it by myself. I'm going to try to see if I can get him to watch the rest. But do you find that husbands are more resistant to this? 
I don't know. I can only look at what the fans are saying and telling me. But I do know I've had a huge amount of couples actually tell me that they thank me for the show and making aware that there is more to sex than just uh, procreation. I've actually ventured out into an adult toy stores themselves and had a look around. That's cool. So it's a partition of both parties doing it. And it's a conversation. A lot of people said, we watched your show, but my partner and I sat back and started asking questions. And that's the idea of what the show was. We wanted to happen on the show. Yeah, you know, even if you just introduce couples to having the conversation, that I think is cool. Oh, well, I think that's a big step. And then getting them to walk into a sex store together like they've never done that. I mean, that'd be crazy. Well, Shanika and Matt had never been to a sex store before. And then they went walked in. and It was like, holy shit, look at all this fucking stuff. It was like they walked into a candy store. I mean, yeah, it's all here. Go touch it, feel it, pick out things that you might like. Also, I'm interested, how is designing a room in America versus other countries? There really isn't that much difference. Designing a sex room, there really isn't that much difference, except some of the places can be a little bit smaller in other countries. When I first got to America, I was amazed at how big everything was. It was like, are you kidding me? Have you seen the size of our apartment? It was huge. Along with the menus, I was like, I'm reading a book. Oh my God, there's so much choice. You know, not everybody can get that in other countries. That's interesting. I have to say, though, like if we had a room like this in our house, like, do you just lock the door? I mean, I know some people did it like in their basement or maybe like a closet, right? Like, I just can't imagine being like, there's a room you can't enter, (laughs) right? You know, you could make it very secret. You put a lot on it. And somebody said to me the other day, well, children have playrooms. I was like, yes, they do. So why the fuck can't adults have their own playrooms? And that's a really good point. Why can't adults have their own playrooms? Well, you do create quite a playground. (laughs) Yes. And every client is interesting and every design is interesting. Oh, my God. Also, how does age come into play? This is very funny. You asked me this because people have actually written down says, uh, and this grandma on the sex on the show picks out toys from her handbag. I'm not a fucking grandma. And people at 50, 60, 70 and 80 still have sex. So don't knock it. Sex changes as we get older. Desires change a little bit and we're able to up things. And after a while of being married, it's like, okay, seen me naked. You know, it's fine. The inhibitions are really gone. But I'm not a fucking grandma. Or the little old lady with white hair. But do you think or have you had people in their 50s, 60s, 70s that are open to this? Oh, my God, yes. There is no specific type of person that wants this. And there's no specific age. That's what's so beautiful about it. So the younger generation, I think, get trapped into, oh, my God, sex over 40. Oh, my God, that must be awful. Sex over 50. Oh, my God, you're half a century. They don't realize that, no, people have sex all the way up until they probably die. And it's okay to have that. And it's okay to have a sex room at whatever age you want, you know? I'm not my grandma's 95 and she definitely still wants a massage guy to come over. Oh, absolutely. Why not? It's not an age group thing. It's not a type thing. 
I'm like, good for grandma. Me and my dad laugh about that. I'm like, that's cool. I mean, sex doesn't just have to be sex. It can be cuddling. It can be massage. Exactly. Sex does not have to mean penetration. It could be a touch or a brush of the hair. It can be all of those things, but it doesn't have to be, as I said, full on penetration. I love it can that. be that spooning, that just holding, just letting the other person know through touch that you're around, that you're there, that you're being seen, you're being noticed. What did you learn about yourself in doing this series? I don't think I necessarily learned anything myself through the series, but I think the people working on the series certainly learned a lot. Yeah, what did they learn? Well, I think I was quite frank when I first met the crew and it was a very small crew. And I just said, look, you're going to be hearing words like cock, cunt, dick, pussy or cock rings or vibrators, dildos. But you need to be really sort of like okay with hearing those words because it's not said in a derogatory way. It's what I'm dealing with with the clients. So just get used to those words. And I think one of the production people said, girls said to me, you know, when I saw your list come through of things we had to purchase and I saw like a dildo or vibrator, she said, I felt my cheeks blush, just a gentle glow on my skin. And then she said, then further on down, and she was like, can you pass me a vibrator, please? Or can you get me a dildo? So it opened everybody's eyes up and opened their world up as well. Your construction guy, like I feel like as the show went on, he got more comfortable being silly. Mike Shaler was just fucking brilliant. We got on like a house on fire. He's also a Leo, which reminds me, I need to find out when his birthday is because we're coming up soon. But the fascinating conversation I had with him was when he said, uh, oh, it's a clitoris. And I went, no, darling, it's a clitoris. No, he's like clitoris. I went, no, darling, it's clitoris. Clitoris is heavy. Clitoris is lovely light. It's feminine. It's pleasurable. And then he went into saying labor minora and majora. And I was like, oh my God. Because a lot of people think when they say vagina, they say, look at her vagina. The vagina is an internal. You can't see the vagina. It's what goes round there. It's the gentle folds of pink skin. Vagina's inside. Oh my so God. So I was amazed when he came out with this, you know, labia minora majora. And I was like, oh my God. But he's got a pulse in his family and stuff like that. So I think that they're all quite open. That's cool. Wow. Did his kids feel uncomfortable with him on the show at all? I think Jeremiah, one of his sons was actually on the show. And it was the one with the spanking bench, uh, Taylor and AJ's room. And it was just fun. I mean, I love seeing new toys for the first time. And then when Mike was using the flogger on me, I think Jeremiah was like, oh, is this real? We're doing it in the middle of a fucking street in the front garden, suburb of Denver. And there's people walking past and there he is vlogging me. You know, Mike is there vlogging me and he, Jeremiah's like, yeah, I don't think this is good. <laughs> have you ever got stopped at airport security? No, I haven't actually. I have not actually. I have not. I'm very aware of that. The only time I've been stopped in airports is when people recognize me. That's cute. Which is lovely. I think what's really interesting is for some reason, nobody can say, oh my God, are you that woman on how to build a sex room? Instead, they go, hi, oh my God, are you that woman from that Netflix show? And I go, oh, you mean how to build a sex room? It's okay to say sex. It's okay. Oh my God. I cannot imagine what my dad is going to say to this, but this is going to be a really fun conversation. Is there anything that you would like to ask my dad? Oh gosh. Would he have a sex room? <laughs> I'm going to be completely mortified if he says yes. Well, it's going to be an interesting conversation with him. Yes, absolutely. Also, I've never even asked him, like, has he talked about sex with his parents? I mean, I think that is an interesting conversation. I think it is. But don't forget, it's generational. So the further back we go, the more I think they weren't as open back then. 
You know, if you think about it, we grew up in an era where probably only saw black and white television and then was the introduction of color television. Before that, it was listening to the radio. Now, in our generation, we have all these streaming services. So we watch programs, we watch movies, we watch films that do have sexual content in them. You've got people making love to each other. You're seeing more nudity on television now. So maybe back in his time, it was like, well, we didn't really have anything. I don't know if they had adult toy stores then. I don't think so. Are you inspired at all by the history behind or like the evolution of sex toys or that industry at all? Yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that sex toys have been around for millennia. And they think it's probably only just happened in the Western world and has only come out, you know, been out the last 20, 30, 40 years. But no, no, no. It's been around for a very long time. I mean, I think there was a jade butt plug found in the Ming Dynasty. Is that in a museum now or? It is in a museum, yes. It is, yeah. Vibrators back in the 20s, I believe, were actually used to treat women with hysteria. So women that had this problem with hysteria would go in and vibrators back then, I can visualize it now. They always remind me one of those hand whisks that you whisk up like that. And they've got the rotating blades here. You know, the doctors would give them orgasms to relieve that pent up stress. I have heard that it's been used also in childbirth, that some people do that during childbirth to relax them. Oh, absolutely. It's all about the muscles, isn't it? If you think about it and how an orgasm works. I mean, I think it sounds like a good idea. I don't think they offer that at the hospital route, but (laughs) maybe on the farm. Yes. Oh, can I have a vibrator, please? Have we got a dildo? No, I only want a clitoral stimulator, please. It'll help me push more. I mean, that would make for a good reality segment. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm sure people will be just look away in horror, but it's like, oh, come on. Really? Wow. Oh, my gosh, Melanie Rose. This is such an interesting conversation. Is there anything upcoming that you have going on that I can promote? Yeah, absolutely. I have my own small limited line of bondage coming up, bondage line. So I've got wrist restraints, collar and leash coming in August. In August? Yeah, beautiful leather. And it's going to be at the stockroom in Los Angeles. Which is one of the stores that you used for the show. Yes, which is one of the stores we used at the show. I'm very much like to support small businesses, which the stockroom really is. It's been around for decades. Then in Denver, if we needed to pick up any more toys, I used Vanilla Kink and Awakenings. Awakenings has two stores in Denver. So cool. it was really well, nice. I will link to those in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. It was great. But yep, I've got my small, a limited, it's going to be limited edition bondage line. Is it going to be called like the Melanie Rose line or anything like that? Actually, it's Melanie Rose Designs. Very cool. Because I was wondering, like, you are bringing your bag of tricks to all of these different couples. Why shouldn't you have your own line of what you love, what you recommend, things that people were interested from the show that they should be able to find them easily? Yeah, I think on my website, certainly I have started and I just need to catch up with it. I've done the first six rooms and those and how I approach the design aspect of those rooms. And then it has links off to where we purchased some of the stuff. So cool. All right. Well, I am anxious to find out if my dad wants to build a sex room. This is going to be a very interesting conversation. Yes, it would be fabulous. I wish I was a fly on the wall for that one. 
<laughs> well, I will include that in the final edit. I tag it on till the end. So it's my gift to you of what my dad is going to say. Oh, fabulous. Thank you so much. And I have to tell you this one thing. I went to Anne May the other day, which is the Adult Novelty Manufacturers Expo in Burbank in Los Angeles. And I had such a great time. And I think I was a little humbled and overwhelmed in the fact that the vendors that were sharing their new wares and so forth and so on all came up to me and just thanked me because the sales and sex toys rose. Just like your name. <laughs> yes. So it was absolutely lovely to be there. And then I did a video with Tantus and the pop and play on my Instagram. It's over 700,000 plays, but you have to see it. Then you'll go, oh, I see why. That's so cool. I am interested, like how you got introduced to the King community. Look, it's through, through clients. And you, really? learn, you learn. A lot of people are in this community. We shot the show in Denver, Colorado, which is the most unlikely place you would think to shoot how to build a sex room. But it has this incredible underground of kink community, which yeah. is really, really incredible. It's funny because I searched how to build a sex room on Twitter and somebody was like, of course, Denver. And I was like, well, I didn't know that about Denver. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It's huge. Absolutely huge. And then I'm like wondering, well, what other cities have that that I don't know of? I mean, I have lived in LA. I lived in Burbank, actually. I lived in Chicago. I've lived in San Francisco. I might more expect it there. That's exactly. They didn't want to shoot the place where it would be obvious. San Francisco, LA, Chicago, maybe New York. So good old Denver. It was cool. And I liked the different houses that they picked and the different setups that they picked. I thought that that was super interesting. Yeah, it was really well put together. I've only Scott Feely of High Noon Entertainment and Corinna Robbins and my lovely showrunner, Sarah Howell, and then the president of ITV America, Adam Scher, who pushed and managed to get everything all together. And is there going to be a season two? Can you talk about that? I don't know just yet. I don't know is a short answer, but there's lots of other exciting things on the horizon. Ooh, so we should all binge the first series so it gets lots of plays and there can be a season two. A binge watch, yes. But when you binge watch it, do use a pen and a pad and write down notes. I actually emailed myself like things that I wouldn't have thought of, like the blindfolds. I thought that that was kind of sexy or the different lounge chair thing or... Oh, you know. the tantra chair. Yeah, absolutely. That's from tantrachair.com. Yeah. But I like your idea of just saying, hey, let's do a date night and walk into one of those places together. You know, as a kid, you, you like you do sneak into a like store that. like that, right? Yeah. But, you know, push your boundaries. I just wish adult toy stores were a little bit more acceptable or amenable. I always feel that you'll see it and it has this big bright lights, poorly decorated front windows. It makes you feel like I have to go in with my collar up and a hat on and dark sunglasses, trot in, check out before you go out. You've got your dildo in a paper bag. It shouldn't be like that. I 100% agree with you. It's like you roll up, you look around, you're like, I don't want anybody from the neighborhood to see me. And then it's not welcoming. You're like walking around the store, hoping that somebody is going to come over and like ask you a question. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's another story. Maybe I should go around and do some of these stores up and make them more approachable for people. Seriously, I think that there's opportunity there for you to improve that entire experience. I mean, maybe you could partner with different stores and do like a Melanie Rose experience. I think there's a lot of opportunity. And yet some of them are very beautiful. 
Some of them are very welcoming. Some of them make it feel like it's very normal. But then there's that percentage that are like, oh, God, no, I'm just going to walk straight past or I'm going to dart in there right now. Yeah. Those are the ones that I've been to. Seriously. But what's interesting is there's even like places like Spencer's in the mall. Oh, yes. Yes. Right at the back of the store. Yeah, I've been in there several times. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fun. Like they have cool T-shirts, they have cool music playing and you're like, oh, what's this in the back here? Right. That's their jive. It's all about the T-shirts. It's all about the piercings. It's all about the body jewelry. So it kind of like seems to fit in rather nicely. It's like, how do you transition from like that curiosity that you have when you're like starting to experiment and you're in your younger years to then being 17 years into a marriage and having kids and like still wanting a piece of that, right? Yeah, but that has to start with a conversation. And you give lots of good ideas on how to start the conversation in the show. So I think that that's super cool. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. You've heard from my mom. Now let's switch it over to grandpa. Okay, let's talk some sex, huh? Yeah, that's an interesting episode, right? Well, you know, what's new with sex is that there's a transformation. When you're young, it's really hot, you know, and you want to experiment and do all kinds of wild and crazy things. However, when you get older, this idea of having a sex room sounds great, but are you going to really have a sex room with 50, 60, 70, 80 year olds? (laughs) I don't know if I could buy that. It sounds good, but I think what she's trying to do, it's Melanie Rose, right? Mm -hmm. And what she's trying to do is help people refresh their relationship, maybe in the bedroom, put some of that passion back into uh, their relationship. And sometimes going to fantasy land or la la land, as I call it, where you don't have to think about anything, but the intrigue of a rendezvous in more ways than one, as you know, it sounds wonderful. And if people want to do that, I'm all for it. But to think that that's going to be a regular occurrence where you're going to go to La La Land to have relations, I think it's a little unpractical, to be honest. But it sure is uh, interesting or uh, exciting to think about, you know. But this idea of being in the movies or playing a role or a part, I'm not so sure that that is really what stabilizes a relationship. Yes, you want a little fire, you want a little chemistry with someone, and hopefully you have that with someone your whole life. And to have a romantic dinner or take a vacation somewhere, go on a what we call a little bit of a mini honeymoon, that can be done and act in the same fashion as uh, going to the sex room, okay? Playing in the shower, playing in a different bedroom, being in a different location or a different locale. And like I said, going on a mini honeymoon somewhere and getting away and having a candlelight dinner and do dancing and or going to see a, a concert or a show or something and really having the full course of the distractions that are away from your normal life. I think that can be very intriguing and very sexy. But for someone to say that they need a special room with all kinds of toys and all kinds of, you know, a way of stimulating the other person, I think you can find a way of doing that without all the toys. But, you know, that's just my personal view of it. Okay. But I can understand uh, it can be very therapeutic in trying to get out of certain, as Melanie stated, you know, from years ago, a lot of this stuff would be all in the closet kind of stuff, or that you were really having issues is why you, you do these things. But I think whatever would pleasure you or whatever would relax you, whatever would really excite you and have some variety and change, I think everybody would like to have a little taste of that. But what builds strong relationships? 
relationships is the honesty, the loyalty, uh, working together, doing things together, communicating, believe it or not, is probably the most important part of a relationship, even though we'd like to think that it's sex. But caring and communicating and being a real partner through the variables of life might even take precedent, even though it sounds wonderful to have a little sex every day would be great. But it's not practical, or realistic. I think as you get older, you have work, you have children, you have business possibly to run, you're going back to school or you're doing some type of uh, further education. There's a lot of other things that can satisfy one's entity, so to speak, than just thinking about the next way to get off with sexual activity. I think it's nice to have it, but believe it or not, there are other priorities that have equal weight. I think it'd be hard to keep my kids out of that room. Well, but that's the thing. When you're young, doing the skinny dipping, running around the neighborhood, doing streaking in my day, I did all of these things, making out in the lake, at the pool, every room that you can think of. Like I said, you can do it where you have these excursion trips and traveling out of town, relaxing in a nice hotel. Doesn't even have to be out of town. It could be in your town even, you know, where you... Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point I'm making is that it can be planned out. But no matter what we're talking about here, if you don't have the heart and caring for the person that you're with, no toy is going to make it work better. That's my opinion. All right. How's that sound? Pretty good. It's Not pretty funny bad, that but... we talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, my dad and mom didn't talk to me about the bees and the cues or whatever you call them. The birds uh, and the bees. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, a lot of that you got to figure out on your own. <laughs> Signing off. All right, Watch out for you your back. bees and cues. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Now I think I'm going to go call my dad. <laughs> I'll say goodbye and see you the next time. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy show. Join us weekly for new episodes and more daddy wisdom. Better Call Daddy is good advice always. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. You can also find special episodes on my YouTube channel. And you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Alexa, or your preferred podcatcher. That's wrap for now.